0: Well, you're in fine voice, Um, we are going to look at the Word of God now. You may want to grab a Bible out of the seat in front of you, and we're going to turn to page 630. Right in the centre of the Bible is the first hymn book. It's called the Book of Psalms, and we are just going to look back at that psalm, which Nick referred to in his prayers just shortly. So, page 630 and it's Psalm 145. I'm gonna start at verse one. This hymn is called A Song of Praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are failing and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him and all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Do keep uh, Psalm 145 open as we look at that now together. Um, Hopefully you've got a handout in front of you so you can kind of see where we're going and some key things to think through. Uh, But as we start, let's ask our Father in heaven for his help in his word. Awesome Heavenly Father, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And so please now, would you help us to see clearly how to follow Jesus, your son? Amen. Uh, You're sitting in church. And Craig and the music team, they invite you to stand to sing our next song, Do You Join In? You're given a ticket to Mamma Mia, the musical in London, and I Have a Dream kicks off, do you join in? You're in assembly, autumn days or shine, Jesus shine starts up and you see Ian singing his little socks off, do you join in? Well, a church service? Of course you do. And Mamma Mia? Why not? School assembly? Hmm. Well, how about an invitation from King Jesus, not just to sing, but to live your entire life devoted to the Lord God? What about that invitation? Will you accept And join in. That is exactly what is happening in this psalm. God's king invites God's people to join in with wholehearted, all of life, praise. And so Psalm 145 will help and remind us that the Lord is worthy of praise, day after day after day, because of who he is and what he has done. So praise the Lord forever and ever. Verse 1, a song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Here we have the final psalm of King David, uh, pledging his praise, his blessing, his exaltation to his God forever He longs to lift his God up high as the true and forever king. It was part of the Old Testament corporate worship at the time that the king is the one who should lead God's people in praise. So when he invites them to follow, they go. And so here is a psalm of David the king calling for the people to follow his lead. In fact, if you go on to read the final few psalms, It's pretty easy to spot that they are filled with an overwhelming call for every little thing that has breath to praise and follow this Lord. Now I'm currently praising my builder for his fine work on our bathroom, but I'm yet to come up with any songs about Steve the plumber man. But I am telling other people of what a good job he's done. Because obviously praise isn't just about singing. Of course it's a part of it, but it's not just about singing. David's praise is all about making the one true God known. Telling, speaking, proclaiming to a world in need. But this psalm, where it's placed in the Psalter, the book of Psalms, it comes at a time when David and his words here, are he's long gone. And God's people longed for a promised king who would reign over God's kingdom forever. A king who would lead and make his God known to the world with complete perfection. Well, within these writings, the people praise because of the hope that they have that God keeps his promises. The promise that there is a king from David's line who was coming to reign forever and who would lead his people faithfully home. A time when God's people will live finally. They will finally live a perfect life devoted to him day after day, forever and ever. And wonderfully for us now, that invitation from the promised king is seen most clearly in Jesus. God has kept his promise. His son is the Christ king the one who came to make his father known to the world, the king who leads his people home. And as David, as he tried to lead God's people in praise, well, now today we see Jesus leads us perfectly day after day. And the king's reason for praise through all time, every day and forever, is because of what the Lord has done And what he is like. I thought for the teenagers in the room. I'd try and keep the second point short and memorable. So verse 3. Commend his might, glory, splendor, majesty, awesomeness, greatness, goodness, righteousness, grace, mercy, patience and steadfast love. Good luck remembering it. But what does real greatness look like in your life? Great at science, great at being a friend, great at cooking, great at Morris dancing. The king's reason for living a life devoted to speaking and praising is all based because on the Lord God's unsearchable, never-ending greatness. Verse 3, have a look down in your Bibles. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable As David looked back at his own life and and in the words of the scriptures, the Old Testament, he read of the Lord's mighty acts, his glorious majesty, his wonderful works and awesome deeds. And so King David concludes that we can never really fully grasp how mind-blowingly great the Lord God is. But he's sure that it is good news for all generations. I'm often drawn to these words of the king when I'm praying for my own children and for the youth and families ministries that our church run every week because these verses are so clear as to why we share God's greatness. See, David thinks back to the commands that families and God's family are to be those who teach the next generation as fathers and mothers diligently teach their children the Bible, as families memorize scripture, the Bible together, As kids' groups' leaders next door teach of the mighty deeds of the Lord. As youth leaders commend Christ in all his fame and glory. God's people telling one another to trust his abundant goodness. See, these verses are the reason that any Christian speaks of the good news to other people. Simply saying, Do you know what God of the Bible is like? He's great. See, today we speak of his most awesome deed as God came as king and the king died and rose again so that you and I could have the forgiveness of our sin and rebellion. We are a people who speak of what he has done to rescue us, his unfaithful people, and we declare what he is like David says in verse 8, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. So again, David quotes back way back from the book of Exodus, when the Lord had rescued his people from slavery in Egypt. Now if it was me writing this psalm, and thank goodness it isn't, I would have talked about those impressive plagues that you can read about as as God showed the whole world that he is the one true God. I'd mention the Passover as the Lord rescued his people from death using a sacrificial substitute. Or you talk about the Lord dividing a sea so that his people could go free from their wicked enemies and be preserved to life. But that's not what King David quotes here. He quotes from the moment in Exodus when God's rescued people had failed miserably. They've not trusted their Lord and Saviour. And in spite of all their failings, this is what the Lord declared about himself. The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin but who will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on their children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation this revelation of who the lord is and what he is like it becomes an important statement that goes throughout the whole entire bible Generation after generation are to teach and remind each other that, yes, he's done awesome and mighty deeds. But remember what he's like. What he's like, it's so easy to forget. Simply, the Bible is the Lord revealing himself to unfaithful sinners so that you too can turn and trust in a Lord who graciously gives people the opportunity to repent He is a great and mighty God. That would be terrifying on its own, but he is gracious and merciful and loving to unfaithful people. And so this morning, we're all being invited to praise him forever because of what he is like. And so is verse eight how you would describe the Lord God? Gracious, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Is that the God you know and trust and praise? A Lord who does not give unfaithful people what they deserve. A God who's slow to anger. He is long-suffering. It's a word that means he's long in the face. If you've ever watched a Looney Tunes cartoon and you see Characters getting really red in the face at each other because they're cross. And maybe you you know that feeling of getting really warm in the face quickly. That is the opposite of slow to anger. The Lord's face is slow to warm. So I wonder if people in the streets of Tunbridge Wells, do they know this about God? I reckon that most people would say that God of the Bible is hot-headed, Judgmental, he's cross all the time. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. Anger is not an attribute of God, it's his behavior in response to sin and evil. So when the Lord does get angry, it's measured, it's strategic, it's for a certain reason. I mean, if we think about the reasons why we get angry, it's it's typically because we have an expectation about what's wrong and what's right in the world. And then someone breaks that expectation and then we suffer in some form because of it. And rightly or wrongly, we get cross. But when the Lord suffers, when God suffers, he is unlike me. He is long-suffering. He doesn't lash out. He doesn't get angry quickly. And when he responds, it's with foresight and justice. And so David reminds God's people what they already know about their God. Merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. For for Reese and for Flo and for Sam and for Isaac and Ian, this is the God that they've come to know and trust in for the forgiveness of their unfaithful sin. They and we are just like the people in the Exodus unfaithful to God and in need of forgiveness. And so simply these young people have come to the Lord, they've accepted his invitation, an invitation that shows them more grace and mercy and love. And so do you know this God? Have you accepted his invitation to know him as gracious and merciful and loving? And if so... Well, Then verse 9 says, give thanks for his goodness and everlasting rule. Have a look down at verse 9. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds, And the glorious splendor of your kingdom, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. So the focus here is on God's glorious kingdom, his power and his eternal rule. Everything that God has made is invited to know and enjoy and praise him. It is all creatures of our God and King. Lift up your voice and with us sing. But more, uh, the command comes in verse 10 from God's king. For God's rescued people to bless him. All your saints shall bless you. All God's people devoted to him. Problem is, it it makes it sound quite easy, doesn't it? Praise God for his power. Praise, uh, give thanks for his goodness. Tell all of his rule and splendor. But it isn't easy to obey that command and to live that way. When your neighbour asks you how you're doing, I don't think any of us are quick to answer with the Lord's goodness and mercy. And there are times where we struggle to praise him and to trust his rule. No doubt there were times in David's own life when he struggled to trust his own words. And again, even the people who put these psalms in order They were doing it on the back of exile when most of God's promises seem to be broken or so very far away. It's never going to be easy to trust God's sovereign goodness in this world. So how do these verses encourage us and help us as God's people to be committed to wholehearted praise? Again, it's about who he is. It's about his power and his everlasting rule. Uh, The world is full of ancient ruins uh, from mighty past kingdoms, the the pyramids in Egypt, the monumental walls of Babylon, castles around Europe, uh, the imperial city of Beijing, past kingdoms of of wealth and power and glory. Uh, But Psalm 145 points God's people to God's kingdom and says that if you want a monument to the Lord, then look at the world that he made. See, the people who lived under the reign of those former kingdoms, they are dead. But throughout the ages, generation after generation, the Lord's people tell out of the glory of his kingdom and his rule. We speak of the joyful news that the kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And the proof of that is that God has kept his promise. The rescuing king isn't dead. Christ Jesus, who died to rescue us from what we unfaithful people deserve, is the king who rose again and whose kingdom has no end. As the world is a monument to the Lord, well, so are you around here this morning. You see the proof that the Lord is merciful and gracious towards sinners. You see proof as we speak of his glory, the saints, and we try to bless his name and speak of his might and glory and goodness. We speak of the God we know, and we make Jesus known to the houses of Tunbridge Wells and across his world. God has never and will never be dethroned. His reign will never cease. And it's so good and righteous. So praise him, verse 14. Praise his righteous ways. Verse 14. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him but all the wicked he will destroy. Often those with power and might and rule, well, they stop caring for the weak. But the powerful and mighty Lord who rules forever is not a God who's out of touch. He's never unconcerned. He's never callous and far away. The frail, the vulnerable, the weak, he upholds and raises All creatures in this world receive a faithful and generous provision day after day. The Lord who gave you life is the only one who sustains people. And it's his goodness that can satisfy our appetites and desires. We all want to know someone who always does what is right. Someone who is kind in all that they do and say a person who can fulfill us and make us happy. That is the Lord God. And what he offers to those who call on him, verse 18, in truth, those who fear him, verse 19, he saves. All who love him, verse 20, he preserves and grants them life. All are provided for by a good and faithful God. But for those who trust him, for those who are God's people, the Lord deploys the full might of himself as the saviour of those who realise that they are in need. See, we can know the one who is righteous and kind, majestic and merciful, glorious and good. It is for those who fear him, verse 20, those who trust him, and salvation will be achieved. And those who persist in wicked hostility towards the Lord and his king will rightly be destroyed. For David, he knew that the Lord is the one who saves. He'd seen it in the Bible. He'd tasted it in his own life. And so he trusted and praised the Lord, inviting God's people to follow. For us now in Christ Jesus He shows us the faithful and righteous ways of his Father. He shows faithful provision to all. He is near and saves all who call on him. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. So have you called out to Jesus, the rescuing king? Have you asked Him to show you grace and mercy and kindness and love? He hears the cry and He saves. And if you have, then praise Him. Praise the Lord who saves. Praise Him for His ongoing righteousness and His constant faithfulness. Thank Him that he preserves all who love him, even beyond death and the grave. And so finally, God finishes, uh, God's king finishes where he started. Verse 21, we're invited by King Jesus to praise the Lord forever and ever. Verse 21, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. Let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. The king is the one who leads his people in inexhaustible praise. Jesus invites you to live a whole life devoted to the Lord God. All nations, all conditions, all generations, all invited to unite in glorifying the one true God to bless his name forever and ever and ever. Blessed is the Lord, for he has revealed himself to us. Praise the Lord, he is gracious, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Exalt the Lord who rules. Praise him for what he has done for us in Christ Jesus to rescue his undeserving and unfaithful people. Let's pray together. Our God and King, we want to praise you, your name, forever and ever. Every day we long to praise and extol your name forever and ever. For you are great and most worthy of praise. Your greatness no one can fathom. Please would you help us to be one generation who commends your work to another. Would we speak of your mighty acts, of your grace and mercy, patience and love. And we thank and we praise you because of your Son, our King and our Saviour. In his name we praise you. Amen.